to hear your favorite funny people paired with wine? Want to just hear them whine about something? Hi, I'm Ellen Clifford. Hi, I'm Sean Buckholtz. We're the hosts of The Wine Situation. That's wine with an H. We've had Morgan Murphy. Drew Drogi. Brian Safi. Charlie Tanners and Camille Knox. Paul F. Tompkins and Janie Haddad Tompkins. Melanie Linsky. They all told us their wines. And we told them about wine. It's totally boozy study hall. So get it everywhere you find your favorite podcast. That's The Wine Situation. Wine Wine with with an H. H. Cheers! Hey everyone, welcome to the Improv Obsession Podcast, episode 16. Got a new review from Still Mike. Hey, thanks for the stars. I just realized I was doing what you said. Gonna stop. But guys, I lack polish. So says Split Cider. That's right, the Besser episode got a little write-up on Split Cider, and I have to say, it's because of you. You guys listen, and you've made my podcast a thing that, like, is relevant in the improv community. Thank you. Even if you haven't rated the podcast on iTunes or subscribed or liked the show on Facebook or even shared it with your friends, even if you haven't done any of that, I still thank you. I really do appreciate every single person who listens. If you want to do any of those things, though, you can. You can find Improv Obsession on Facebook or you can go to improvobsession.com to follow the blog. You can rate the show on iTunes. Also, you could call the phone number, 225-Obsess9. Hey, Honestly, I don't know why you'd call the phone number either, but I don't know. I was just trying to do stuff that I thought you guys would like. All right, let's start talking to improv with Casey Faye. Here we go. It's the Improv Session Podcast. It's the Improv Session Podcast. It's the Improv Session Podcast. Do you have any uh, questions before we start? Or? I don't think so. Right. Might have questions in the middle, but... Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Improv Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Perlstein. Today, we have a very special guest, Casey Faye. Hey! Uh, very special. You are special. I, all, <laughs> all my guests are special. Great. Uh, you, you host uh, Crash Bar Improv. Yep. You're on John Velvet. That's true. Hip Hop Penguin. Yep. Uh, the New Warner Hot Dog Documentary Team. That's true. I'm trying to give all the credits. <laughs> what else? Oh, cream, com- cream Sketch Comedy. Yep. Great. Cream comedy. Yep. Uh, your internet Casey on Twitter. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Get uh, it out there. Uh, all right. I think that's. I think that's it. <laughs> oh, there's a couple. Yeah. That's. that's Is there more? That? What I mean. What else? A tab. Uh, yep, <laughs> no. yep, right with uh, Dave Tooney, mid-best, we call ourselves. Oh, yeah, mid-best. Um, that's about everything, though, I think. All right. You guys are doing the show Friday, the Hot Improv Nights, aren't you? We are, yep. Yeah. Yeah, we're we doing a show this Friday. I like, I like, uh, I like Tooney. He's yeah, he's a good dude. He's a funny guy. <laughs> uh, he... <laughs> I, I constantly point out people who just piss me off because they're funny, and he's one of them. Who's like, stop it! Not... He pisses you off because he's funny. Yeah, I just don't like how like incredibly funny some people are. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There, there's only there's only a few of them, but he's one. There's like he'll just give like a little weird facial expression, like he'll just turn and like, and you're like, ah, it's the kills kills the audience. Yeah, it's Dave yeah, no, he's great. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna stop talking about my weird jealousy. Okay, well, uh, we can get into that if you want. <laughs> Talk about that if you want to. It's just, it's mostly sad. Um, well, I figured, I, I kind of was like starting to take notes and I figured out how mm-hmm. I'm going to do this is I'm going to do my questions in order of how I knew you. Great. Uh, which we're not that close. Mm-hmm. So we'll just we'll pretend, we'll stop pretending now. Okay. But that's all right. We can get uh, close by the end. Well, yeah, I think so. Um, I first, I first uh, met you through Crash Bar mm-hmm. and I started going to Crash Bar because I Googled improv jams in LA 
and I found Crash Bar Online, so I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is like right at the end of 101, so I'm like, I got to do this all the time. Uh, and I was there a lot. So, let's just talk about jamming. Okay. Like, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think makes a successful jam? How yeah. do you do it? Um, well, cr- a Crash Bar Improv is a show I run uh, with a group I started nice. uh, a few years back, um, Tab, and uh, we started it. Um, we were we were uh, just finishing up, I guess, f- just finishing up 401 um, uh, when myself and Jacob Womack uh, put together two teams uh, that we'd practice with every week. Tab was one of them. The other one was Snapkin. Um, and, uh, and Tab was really good at just like grinding to try to find shows. Um, this was back when the only, there wasn't, uh, I guess as it is now, there wasn't like a let's do this or any, any kind of opportunity to perform at UCB. Um, and then they only had TNT was the only like, uh, UCB kind of like satellite show. Uh Um, uh, so we would go over to IO a bunch and we'd go to the West side and we'd kind of go everywhere. Uh, but I remember we had two shows uh, in IO, um, hey, which, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah. You, guys, you went to like the MI's Westside Comedy mm-hmm. Theater. Yeah, we went everywhere. That's awesome. Anywhere we could <laughs> to get up, and um, <clears throat> and we had two shows at IO. I think probably one in the, the then was called the Dick Box, and one in the Loft. Mm-hmm. And uh, some guy during the day ran into the bar, and they had to shut down. Um, and uh, th- we were really bummed because we'd only probably done three or four shows by then, so losing two of them was huge. <laughs> uh, so that we found a place on La Brea that would let us uh, hold a show there. So we did them as kind of like a benefit um, uh, for the people that worked at the bar staff at I.O. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mostly because I learned from doing stand-up that like, people will come to shows if you consider them benefits. Um, <laughs> you can like charge, and, and, and we didn't make any of the money, but we, then we could at least get an audience. And so we got right. pretty good groups that way and stuff, and then we got to perform uh, as one of the groups. So we had like four groups and a comic each week, I think, to start. And it was like just a two, just two times, and then it got more and more popular, and then it became a weekly thing. And um, and we started adding a jam because um, remember uh, Joel Spence and uh, Johnny Meeks were two of the early like um, influencers on our, who were just big up to us and tell us like just keep doing this. This is a good thing you're doing. Keep it going. Uh, we, there needs to be more shows like this. And they pretty much just told us like do a jam. They're like if you do a jam, people will come just for the jam, <laughs> yep. and then people will if they're performing early will stick around later because they have the opportunity to jam at the end. So we started jamming. Um, and uh, at first, I wasn't a big fan of jams. Um, why is that? Uh, because my experience with jam was like, I, especially early in my improv career, I was real big on like premise initiations. Sure. Um, and I think uh, early on too, it's kind of hard to find game. And the jams that I was doing, they'd like uh, we'd talk, you know, monologues for like fifteen twenty minutes, and then it would just be like kind of a beat the hell out of the game. Uh, sometimes for the entire jam and we wouldn't get the opportunity to do these initiations that I came up with after talking and doing monologues for so long. Sure. Um, uh, so I just wasn't, didn't really like them. They seemed fast and aggressive to me. Um, uh, but we started doing them and we had the advantage that uh, to start, no one was really coming to our jams. <laughs> like we'd have like four or five people. Um, so we could kind of do whatever we wanted. So they kind of became extra shows for us. Um, and now I'm at a point where I absolutely love jams. And the thing that I, I like about them now is uh, the idea of kind of what I'm trying to do with my improv in general, but just uh, figuring out what people's ideas are uh, and then how can I have the most fun with that idea. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when jams work is when it's like uh, uh, probably the same thing as when good improv works. It's just listening and um, not coming in with uh, preconceived notions or ideas, but just like, what do you want to do? What's your idea? Yeah. Okay, great. Now let's everyone have fun with that idea. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, I was just talking to Jim Woods once, and he said one of the reasons why he thought he became 
as good an improviser as he was in such a fast uh, amount of time was he would always try to do a scene with who was quote unquote the worst person in class because yeah. um, he said you know anyone can be funny with another funny person uh, but I want to make every scene work no matter who it is and I since I've approached jams uh, that way I've, I've enjoyed them a lot more because it's that idea of like let's make this work you yeah. know let's figure out what, what did you want to do if you didn't get it out clear let's try to figure it out if not if we find something if you didn't have an idea let's figure out something together um, and since I've been doing that, I think it's helped my improv, and uh, and I think that's what you can take from jams, just that idea of, like, let's work together to figure out how we can have the most fun with someone's idea. Yeah. I think, uh, like, I started jamming r- literally, like, right out of 101, beginning of 201, and it was terrible. Like, mm-hmm. I just hated it, because I'd, I'd, like, I'd get steamrolled a lot, just because I didn't have the confidence to, like, you know, really stand your ground, but also... Like, yeah, like you were saying, you're like, I know, I think I know how to initiate with premise. And I know how to, I think I could want to follow a game and people do not do that. Yeah. Jams. It just, it's not, it's not the environment for that. Yeah. It, it gets tough. But like, I think if, um, like if you just kind of, as much as you can treat it like a show in that, like, okay, if things are getting crazy, let's edit, let's get out of here. Like if, if there's an opportunity for a callback, let's have a callback. Um, I love, I mean, my favorite, I, I, I love just like, um, slow, patient believable improv uh, which sometimes you lose a little bit of that in the jam but i think you can get it i think it's just really just making people slow down which i think you can do you know yeah it's it's not always the easiest thing but just you know telling people to just like hey let's let's everyone just calm down for a second say that in the scene literally say that in the jam like like let's everybody just calm down you know Uh, and be like cool we got that all right now let's get let's get like those are things that i think sometimes we get so caught up in the in the emotion or the speed or the whatever um and jams are always gonna be different because it's like different levels different viewpoints maybe different even schooling um uh but i think you can get that um uh just by really committing to it and if it's like I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to start an organic initiation and just see what happens and who joins me. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it works, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you def- I mean, uh, it's not, it's not the, I don't think you'd want to just do jams, but I do think you can gain a lot from, from doing them. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely a skill to have. And like you said, like, I think that's more recently, like probably in the past nine months or so, like I've just been like, Oh, I kind of get jamming now. It's not, yeah, it doesn't, it, like if you're if you're thinking of your ideas as precious or like you want to do your ideas like it kind of doesn't happen right but if you yeah if you can kind of get away from it and just go like all right like you just you kind of just shit all over my initiation let's let's try to see what you we can work with with your thing about sorting farts or whatever it is right yeah yeah just find that thing in the moment and try it and try to go with it yeah um so so doing crash bar which has been around for like three years now yeah something like that um uh, blah, blah, blah. How, you, uh, you so you've watched a lot of indie improv, mm-hmm. and I kind of I want to I guess I kind of just want to talk about like what the the difference between good improv and bad improv because I feel like you see a lot of it, and especially in the indie the indie circuit, there's like the the entire spectrum. There's mm-hmm. amazing stuff like stuff that I can't believe isn't on isn't like I'm not getting charged twenty dollars right. for and stuff that like hurts me, <laughs> and I, I'm laughing because I'm in pain. Right. So I wonder like what. I don't know what's what's the difference. Or, well, that's a st- silly question. Um, no, I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, I definitely. I think. Uh, I think watching indie shows is so valuable uh, for a few reasons. I think one, um, you get to meet people and find out people that you like. You know, like I yeah. think a lot of the people I do improv with now 
um, I met from running Crash Bar and just seeing them come up and do shows. And I was like, damn, that person's really funny. I'm going to talk to them and figure out who their coach is or what they're doing or you know what, what level they're in. And, uh, so you can, I think, just meet people, which I think is, is uh, advantageous. That's so smart. I just go like, I hate this person. <laughs> yeah, you can't. got to stop it's doing bad, that. It's a bad approach. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like so far a lot of your approaches are watching people and just getting mad. Just getting real angry. <laughs> that's going to slow you down. Um, uh yeah, and then I, I think like uh, I think good uh, good indie improv is also you get to see some people who um, people who might get to perform at other theaters, uh, but trying things either with different groups or different forms that they might not get to, which can be phenomenal. Um, and then also, yeah, I think like I think you can learn a lot from watching um, bad scenes and from watching um, uh, bad improv. My, one of my biggest pet peeves from running a show is when a team will have a, a bad show. Uh, and then they'll just leave um, <clears throat> because to me it's just like you're only taking half of the opportunity from that show. It's like, okay, you had a bad show. You can learn from that. You can be bummed or happy or pissed or realize it or not, whatever. Uh, but then when you just leave, you don't get to see uh, – I think you, you, you stun it because it's like you can be like, oh, that audience sucked or oh, they, they didn't give us a chance or blah, blah, blah. When you watch other groups, you can be like, oh, fuck, that's – look, they're doing that thing right or that's the mistake I made or, or – um, uh, you know, you can learn, I think, so much from watching improv, especially early on. Uh, yeah. uh, and, and just like, God, where does what did that choice even come from? And like trying to – I watch shows probably a little bit too analytically. Um, yeah. But I'm just like, okay, I'm trying to figure out if this person has a premise or an organic initiation. All right. Now, does this person pick up on it? Okay. Now, are they yes-anding? All right. Now, have they found it? Does the back line know? You know, you can pick up so much from watching um, uh, that then you can use to to your own improv as well. Yeah, watch, watching uh, bad shows, I, a lot of times I'm like, I'm, I it, when it gets bad after maybe like five minutes, like this isn't going anywhere. Uh, yeah, I start to like really take notes and go like, all right, well there, there's where this is what you're missing, or like this is mm-hmm. what you need. Somebody needs to do, or like somebody just edit this. Clearly, you don't respect your partner or whatever. You don't like it. Like I, I watched, I watched a show. And I just, I was like, this team is friends. This half of the team is friends, and this half of the team is friends, and they do not get along for whatever sure. reason. You can just stop see it on doing stage. scenes together. Break up. Like it's so. It's always really interesting to see that. Uh, I think what makes uh, back to your question because I don't know if I answered it. Or no, right, I think what the difference between good improv and bad improv to me is I feel like bad improv is a lot of of panicking, which I think happens early on yeah. when you perform, um, and or sometimes with early on with a group. Um, because you don't yet just trust the things you've been taught or you don't trust uh, that this group is going to work. And so uh, I think when you throw out your, uh, your, your what you've learned, you throw out, I guess, your education um, and you just rely on instincts or being funny, uh, then it's just so hard. You have to be so funny and your specifics have to be so funny uh, for it to work. Whereas um, like I would, I would always rather see a committed, uh, real... Um, believable scene in a space I understand with people I believe that isn't funny at all than um, someone just kind of panic fire throwing in jokes or laughs or blah blah so for me I feel like a lot of a lot of um, good improv to bad improv is just like trusting that trusting that you're good at this and trusting it's going to work if you just um, you know follow the the rules that you know and and you know and then also have fun and confidence I think those are the the big differences yeah that's that's interesting. I, I think I think you're completely right, but uh, I feel like I do the exact opposite. In that, like, with a new team, my first show, I always feel like I kill it. Mm-hmm. Like, I always feel very confident in the first shows. I feel like I pretty good, do a pretty good job. And then as it goes on, I'm more like, we need to do as good 
or better than last time, and that always starts to stress me out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think well, like you say about Panic, it does. It, I think that shows is a bad show, but it also feels the worst. Like I think it feels bad. It's like a it's a little like echo chamber of like, oh, I made a weird move there, and then like, is he making a weird move? And then it's suddenly like all you can think about is how bad everything is going, and you're panicked. You're like, they're not liking it. I don't know how to get it. And there's once that happens, it's like. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, and that's like you just got to. I think that's why that's why it's good. I mean, uh, Craig Gukowski once said he's like you have to make every mistake on stage uh, <clears throat> before you can really be good, and I, and I kind of get that. I think there's an element of like I think you have to learn from every mistake you make on stage. Uh, it's like you only do them once, um, but yeah, like I get that you do need to you do need to have those shows where you panic fire. You do need to have those shows where you do just a stupid tag out that you thought was going to be a joke, and now you got to sit and be you know the <laughs> fart machine for ten minutes or whatever. Um, uh, but I think it really is just a lot of it just comes down to being like confident that that this is going to work and that the things you've learned are like believing those tools yeah that solves a lot of the problems i like it um we're quick a little quick uh few things more about mm-hmm. crash bar um on booking teams and mm-hmm. uh like what do you guys talk to, to nick a little bit about mm-hmm. this but like what are you guys like pluses and minuses and kind of want to hear what's in your head yeah um i if uh, I come from uh, the stand-up world a little bit more, so I, if it was just my show, uh, I would run it much more like a stand-up show. Um, but because it's a group, uh, they're much more open to, um, and rightfully so. But like uh, <clears throat> that, we put the information on our website of how you can submit. Uh, any team that meets with a coach regularly, guarantee gets to perform. Um, uh, you know, I I am probably a little bit more of the approach of like. Uh, okay, some teams get to perform, some people don't get to perform, and um, uh, but I, 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 I do agree with the rules that we've come up with now, where it's like if you meet with a coach, you're, you're working on things regularly, you get, you certainly get to perform. Um, our problem that we have is a good problem to have, but it's we just have way, way too many teams that submit. Yeah. Um, uh, so what we mostly do, um, and it's not always this way, but for the most part, uh, we reserve uh, the second half of our lineup uh, for people that have uh, come to Crash Bar already and done a, a a good show um, and then our last slot we reserve for a team that has teachers on it whether they be IO teachers UCB teachers wherever um, uh, then we have a stand up uh, in the second half and then our first half is pretty much uh, a potpourri of, of whatever either uh, people that have uh, come back uh, and performed before people that have had come, come back and had great shows people that have come back and had bad shows uh, new teams um, honestly I feel like our our best slot almost every week is the the last slot of the first half as far as audience like usually that's um when there's the most people there yeah. uh, uh so I, I try to put you know someone in there that i think will for sure have a good show but um recently we i mean we've uh, yeah our, our problem right now is just our wait list is ridiculous um uh, but the one thing that i think we've we've worked on um and i know you've done this is is uh to try to reward people that come to our shows with stuff like the crash bar lottery yeah. um because we were noticing early on some of our uh uh mo- biggest regulars i suppose um just were only on one team uh or or no teams or couldn't find one at the time or they just broke up uh, and so they would come to these shows all the week and could never perform uh so we came up with the idea that every time you come you can put your name in a bucket uh and we don't pull them we pull them every week but we'll keep your name in there you know every week for the month so if you come to four shows your name's in there four times uh and then we pull names out and you get to perform uh for the once a month slot with uh random other performers and two ucb regulars um and i feel like 
like that's helped. Uh, but yeah, I think the thing that I think we we have a great show. The lineups have been great, and yeah. the um, the crowds have been amazing. But it definitely is a long wait, uh, and I, and I get that that sucks. Um, but you know, I don't know what to do about it. It's <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, actually, the first some of the first shows that I ever actually considered my shows were Crash Bar Lottery ones because mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't really count the class shows. But right. yeah, the fir- first few shows I was like, oh, this is a lottery. Yeah, they've and, been great. I mean, our lottery shows have been fantastic. Yeah, they're they're a lot they're a lot of fun and. Um, it, it, it's cool because like you can see that there are definitely different experience levels in there mm-hmm. uh, and not and not in a bad way but like in a fun way and like I don't you, you have the UCB regulars and sometimes they don't necessarily heard the show mm-hmm. but like a little bit like when there's maybe not confident moves made or like maybe we're doing something a little bit too long you kind of see like alright they're going to pull you out of it and it's it's great it usually is a really good show yeah it's just I mean you just have a couple people there and there's usually more uh, solid performers than just our UCB regulars usually two, yeah. two or three or sometimes all the names we pull out of the bucket are really good performers too but yeah. it's just that idea to keep it from turning into you know wacky town or you know uh, chaos and they're like okay it's just we'll for sure have a few people there that uh, have done enough shows that they'll know when to get out of something or when to focus in on something yeah there was one I did not uh, I think one of my second ones and it was like yeah it was Betsy and Tony and then, like, all these people I really like just from the indie stuff and me. Yep. And I was – I just remember the whole time I was terrified. I'm like, I like you guys too much. I can't do this. Uh, and that goes back to the confidence thing. You're absolutely right. Um, okay. So, fuck, man. Going through this real slow. That's no, okay. No, it's okay. Um, so, and then my, my second thing of knowing you mm-hmm. to me was, like, when I started to realize or notice you as an improviser because I think that you're – uh, a subtle player, if that makes any sense. Like you don't, you're you're not always the one like go, making you do the big laugh. And that's not to say that you're not funny, but you're just more subtle. Sure. Um, and so I like like I feel like you're the one who's like keeping us on topic. Like even even in the interview, like just now, you're like to get you back to your question. Right. Sure. Like you're, you're you're that one who's like really and like pushing things forward. Um, and I kind of like wonder. Is there – like, where does that come from? Like, why why are you the guy who's so focused on that? Um, yeah, I don't – I think part of it is just maybe, like, my, my nature. I'm definitely, like, a um, somewhat of a control freak in a passive-aggressive manner. Great. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think I do uh, – in Billy's uh, pirate ninja robot thing, I think I probably skew more ninja just yeah. inherently. Um, I, have, I have written down as my notes improv ninja. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, my uh, – as a as an early performer, I was very much focused on it as a writer. I was very much like I wouldn't step out unless it was a scene that I had a premise initiation on. I kind of knew how someone was going to respond. I had a third line, and then like I kind of thought what they're going to do for a fourth line. Um, I was very like I wouldn't I wouldn't step out. Uh, you know, if, if someone else had an idea, um, <laughs> I was I was very much uh, probably coming from stand up again, like a little bit of a uh, annoying I bet in class. But um, when I opened up to just like listening and to being in the moment. I think maybe that's one of my strengths is just like listening. Um, and I have this, like, uh, (laughs) I guess I have a social intelligence whereas like, it's easy for me to figure out when there's opportunities for unusual things. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and so I feel like at my, at my worst, uh, improv, I set up a world 
in, and, and allow people to make choices in the world and then I'm affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying, and I have been trying for the past few years, to get a little bit more away from that and instead being the one who can make the choices and, and, uh, and not just uh, rely on, on someone else to do it. Um, uh, but I think as far as, um, as far as why do I maybe come across more subtle is I think um, I, 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 I get that to me comedy is, um, you know, seeing that uh, I think part of the reason people go to improv is to see themselves in a bizarre situation, how they would act. Like, I feel like some of what people want to see is like someone who's maybe a little bit quicker than them, a little bit more intelligent than them, and a little bit funnier than them mm-hmm. uh, being put in absurd situations. Um, uh, and the more and more I've come into that, the less and less I've come away from like my my jokey um, premise-based uh, improv that I kind of started with. And now it's more to me just like, Really, the stuff I love is like, God damn, I would say that. That is what I would say in that moment if I was 100% with it and uh, Dracula was farting on my head. Like, that is what I would say, you know? Like, um, uh, And so I think I, I, I lean more to that style of improv. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Uh, you said you think people kind of want to see themselves. I like that. I um, Yeah, I was recently thinking that, like, maybe people... Yeah, that's good. I like that. Like... They want to see themselves in like kind of the reality. I think that's the reality thing. But what I was thinking more recently, this is another thought. And I want to I'll just mm-hmm. throw it out there and what you think of it is. Yeah. I think people like to see the rules being fucked with in in reality. Um, and so, like, I'm trying to think of a good example. Okay, so like, if somebody I was I was at a show. I saw I think it was with Drew Tarver, and mm-hmm. he he did something like where somebody like poured a cup on his head, and he was like, "What a cheeseburger!" And mm-hmm. that's to me, that's one of those things that it's like. Well, he didn't break the reality, mm-hmm. but it's certainly unexpected. That's that's one thing that I think I see a lot, and I've always I think always really works. Yeah, I think there's something to that about like one surprising the people you're pl- you're you're performing with, which yeah, is yeah, fun, yeah. and the audience likes that. Another thing, uh, speaking of Drew Tarver, there's something that I've been trying to work on is is specifics, and I feel like just naming things like you know someone pouring something on you and then saying cheeseburger. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's you're just like making you're making oh, that you're making that specific choice, and I felt. Uh, Early on, I played with uh, some people, uh, Jenny Pearson and, and Alan Loeb in particular, who just had so many specifics for me to dig into uh, mm-hmm. that I just found it was so easy because they were giving me so many opportunities uh, of things to play with. And so um, something that I've been working on in the past year is really to um, to fight the instinct to be vague and instead go go through to the specific it's like a lot of what warm-ups are although i feel like we don't really treat them that way but like a lot of warm-ups are just like you know five things and whatever else is just like don't just say what what whatever comes to your brain let's just use it uh, and i feel like like your brain instinctually especially once you learn the rules of it kind of gets the if this then one what else so like for the most part the specifics match up if not if it's a fucking random ass specific now you get to have fun uh, justifying why you gave that as the specific. Um, and it's just the opportunity. Don't say, you know, yeah, don't be like, we're going to go to, uh, or, or that's, that's a nice t-shirt, you know, instead be like, Oh, I love that old Navy flannel cotton shirt. Uh, did the, um, did the Somalian boy give you that? Like whatever, yeah. there might be nothing fun in it at all. Um, but there could be, and it's like to, to fight past the, the, Opportunity and it's something I've been trying to do in my improv is just like make a specific talk all the way through to the specific, yeah. uh, and I feel like that is probably another element why that's funny. Yeah, that's uh, that's totally true. It's uh, and it, I think it's always easier for performers because like it, no matter what, there's always a part of it that you're making up. So the more 
the more things that are just solid, even if it's something as stupid as like it's an Old Navy cotton flannel t-shirt, mm-hmm. you're like, all right, well, at least I have that. Like right. I always have that Old Navy flannel cotton t-shirt, and there's a fair chance that if I bring it up in two minutes, it'll make people laugh just because I remember the reality. Yep. Um, and yeah, I get, I get what you mean by that completely. Um, all right. Next spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you coached this team that I showed up for at the practice once <laughs> nice. in Griffith Park. Okay, yeah. Uh, and uh, so what's uh, – I want to – well, yeah, yeah. All right, what's your approach to coaching? Like I think I think everybody's kind of got a different thing. Yeah. What do you try to do? Um, well, I think as far as if you're starting a practice group, I think it's up to the group more so than the coach um, to, to set goals for themselves or to have things they want to work on. Which how um, often do you encounter? Cause I feel like that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. People not have... enough, not enough. Like the groups that I work with, uh, for long periods of time, we definitely get going on like, what do they want to work with forms, ideas, talking about shows, how can we improve things? Um, uh, but I think like early on, if you don't have anything, then let's just be like, great, let's just do the Herald. Like I personally love, I love the Herald. Um, and I, and I, I get why people get burned on and want to get away from it. Um, but if you don't have anything else to do, I can totally, and any coach can watch scenes and give you notes on scenes all day and, and you'll get some stuff from it. Certainly we can talk about like, uh, broad ideas of stuff, but it's like, how many times are you ever going to do that scene again? You know, never, uh, you can, you can definitely, you can definitely pick up things from it. You can definitely like remember those notes for, for other scenes. Um, but I think if more groups really come with, uh, and it can be a long-term point of view, it can be just a, uh, this week we want to do this thing. Um, you know, I'd say as much as it, uh, I'm, I'm not always looking to do homework before I go coach. It's like challenge me to be like, Oh, we want to do this thing. If I fuck, if I've never done an event day before, but that's what you want to work on. Great. I'll go, I'll talk to people that have, I'll look yeah. online. I'll, I'll figure it out. As far as just like regular coaching, the stuff I tend to focus on is justifying, uh, love the people you're, uh, performing with um and that it's just it's easier than we make it you yeah. know i think those are the the three things that i tend to i tend to give notes on just i love the people mm-hmm. it's easier than we make it mm-hmm. there you go that was a that was just saved everybody who's listening 60 bucks it's <laughs> <laughs> true um and then let's see uh, well i i read an article about this not too long ago and i wonder mm-hmm. what you think about uh what what can what do you do to get the most out of uh your your practice that sh- session i mean obviously coming with an agenda is a big thing mm-hmm. but how else can people uh, who are getting coached really get more out of it i mean i think the reason that i uh i was able to um uh I guess succeeded improv in, in the time that I did because I started just at UCB. I'd taken, uh, I think, a few, a handful of classes at this place in Minneapolis before I moved out to, to LA. Um, but it was like it wasn't even. It was for like public speaking, basically. Uh, it was, and and I, I pushed out and didn't even go two of the week, so uh, I didn't really do much. Um, uh, so I'm, I was pretty much just UCB trained. Then later on, took a couple classes at IO and stuff, but. Um, uh, the sorry, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! How can how can uh, people get? Uh, oh yeah, the yeah, most but yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, the thing, uh, I feel like you're kind of like pitching me your resume a little bit, <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, man, like I get at it. times, <laughs> at times, yeah. Um, uh, but uh, but the thing that I think I got uh, a ton out of was I I had two practice groups. Well, I guess it kind of goes back to that same idea of like I was doing stand up, and I moved to LA to be a comedian. I moved to LA to do stand up, so six but probably more like seven nights a week i was either doing a show watching a show or uh, i guess just those two things uh so when i started to take improv uh six once i got into it six to seven nights of the week i was either having a class having a practice going to a show or hanging out with people in my class practice or that i saw at the show um 
And I think what I what we did was we've I had two practice groups and we committed to it fully. And I think it's like that idea of uh, you're an improviser when you decide you're an improviser. You know, mm-hmm. you're a team when you decide you're a real team. Whether uh, whether a theater uh, gives you accreditation or not, um, if, as soon as you're like, no, this is what I do, then just do it. You know, like I uh, we would we met for uh, both the teams that I that me and Jacob set up uh, uh, out of 401. We met every single week for. Uh, probably two years right around there um, but it would be a huge deal if someone missed more than twice it would be you know like a huge deal if um, if we took a week off or uh, you know if, if if anything and it was just like we took it we took it pretty seriously and early on when you moved well, to LA I feel like you have time yeah <laughs> you know I feel like you have true. time to do that well it's, it's I think that's interesting because I've heard that uh, Josh Simpson said the same thing as like mm-hmm. you practice all the time before you practice in space uh, and I I've literally never had a team I, that's probably an exaggeration, but I feel like I've almost never had a team that's actually met every all four or five weeks in a month. Yeah, like like I feel like that's significantly more common now. Yeah, and and I and 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 I guess especially back that like in this time there weren't as many people and like it was kind of just TNT, so almost everyone just had one team and you just perform with that one team all the time. And now there's so many improvisers in so many spaces that people are on so many teams, which I think it's, it's still good. Um, but I still think if, if you can pick one or two groups and I've also coached a lot of groups that are really good, uh, that break up because either they had one bad show or this person didn't like that person or they have uh, different philosophies and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like, man, like, who cares? You know, like yeah. uh, if you can continue to work with these people, uh, I felt like one, another one of the turns that my improv took was when I stopped, stop judging whether people's ideas were good ideas or not mm-hmm. and i just treated every idea like a great idea and how can i have the most fun with that idea so yeah. it's like if, if there's someone who isn't as isn't as strong as you think you are in improv there's no reason you can't be on a team with that person yeah. if anything that might help you that might help you to make sure okay i'm gonna have to lead in these scenes a little bit more as opposed to this other person who's very funny and i might not have to do as much work um so i think a big thing about groups is just like commit to it you know like if if you if if you if you have to be missing all the time, we got to find a new time, or we yeah. got to find new people, or whatever we can do. Because um, I feel like cl- classes you get a ton out of, performances you get a ton out of. But if you can stick with a group for a year to a year and a half, you can learn so much about improv if you're meeting all the time. Because yeah. you just you'll just get to know each other and you'll figure out stuff that you can't get from you know class or or shows. Yeah, like it. Um, all right. Enough with coaching. <laughs> All right. So then the next thing I know you from, the UCB LA podcast. Mm-hmm. All right, man. <laughs> Fuck. I hate this, this one, I'll say I hated you guys for because my whole plan okay. was to go, was to convince somebody at UCB LA to let me do a podcast with them. And I decided to do it on my own without you guys. Nice. Now, I'm just curious. Uh, so now that I've, I've let you guys know that I hate you, <laughs> and Billy's that. coming on next week, okay. so we'll talk about it too. Uh-huh. Uh, what, uh, what, are you guys, what are you guys trying to do with that podcast? Like, what's your, what's your main um, goal, I guess, when you're interviewing somebody? Uh, well, our original idea was um, to kind of get an expective of like uh, Billy the grizzled vet and then me the uh, the younger uh, improv addict just like kind of talking to people about stuff. Um, uh, we did, I think, 18, 18 episodes, something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think we were starting to figure it out. We uh, um, 
uh, we're pretty much done with it. Um, we, uh, we, we did, uh, we got some notes back on like how we can make it more focused, how we could improve some things, uh, all good feedback. Um, and then we, we presented, uh, our idea for a way to have a more focused podcast. Basically my, my and this is just maybe my own belief, but I thought sometimes we were booking, uh, towards names as opposed to topics, if that makes sense. Sure. Like, I, I think we would have real good guests and not always uh, have a clear um, thing we wanted to discuss with them. Uh, and I thought if we would have flipped it and started um, picking topics for shows and then book people based on that topic, uh, we can maybe get a little bit more out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but ultimately, we're just trying to get a little bit more information. I felt like me going through UCB, uh, my one complaint with it was that I, I thought there could be a little bit more feedback. And I think they've, they've gotten better at that, especially when Joe Wenger came out here and started heading up the uh, uh, the school and, and whatnot. But um, So we were just kind of trying to get information out to people. So it wasn't as much rumors and I heard this and this is, you know, because there were some crazy-ass rumors. Um, sure. uh, and then also just to hear people's stories. And, and talk to people that I, I really think is funny, um, uh, but uh, but I think we're pretty much done. We we didn't get any feedback from the feedback we sent them, uh, so uh, I think the podcast is probably done at eighteen episodes. Wow! Yeah. Well, now I'm so actually you, really disappointed. About you got that. the you got the lock. You got the, the, I, you got I don't the podcast want, online. I really don't want. I, that's what what. Uh, <laughs> well, one, I think that's interesting to make it about topics because I I think that's a good thing and that's. Something I was thinking about doing, but uh, I, I skewed away from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, doing it about topics I think is great because, yeah, there are things that people like. It'd be great if I could just go like, oh, episode fifteen is all about you know premise. That'd right. be great to just yeah, really that, get that in my head. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. But uh, I mean, we still might do it. We'll see. But I think uh, as far as as far as UCB, you might be able to talk someone into it after all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a supporter of the idea. I'll say that. Um, all right. So then, ha. Uh, Hip hop penguin. Mm-hmm. How much time do we got? We can do this. We can do this. Um, all right, hip hop penguin. Mm-hmm. So, hip hop penguin is. Uh, I, I understood the origin started as a, yep. uh, like an improv team. You guys were named hip hop penguin mm-hmm. uh, by some weird just email, email chain. Thread, yep. yep. And mm-hmm. uh, and then somebody asked if you do hip hop improv, and your guys are like, "Yep, yep. If you uh, need us, we'll do it." <laughs> and then you did it. Yep. So uh, I'm curious. Then I feel like like. Why Why did you personally get into character improv? Because that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. characters, or at least in the presentation yeah. that I know, characters doing improv. Very much. Okay. Um, I mean, part of it's just like, it's it's another challenge. Like, I, it was frustrating, and it still is sometimes, if we're not practicing with them, we do shows. And we're like, God, that, we, we would have done a better show if we were just ourselves doing improv. But because we're trying to be these characters, it's harder. So it is just like the the challenge of it. I think it definitely is a hard thing to do. Uh, we're always working. We're when we write for the guys too. We're always trying to make them not too stupid. We're always trying to you know uh, make them uh, you know and, and and so it kind of is like what we've got to a little bit um, is improvising as ourselves uh, speaking through these characters a little bit. Uh, we're still trying to work on it. Um, but the, I do remember the big, the big turn we got and it was early when we just like, we're doing the TNT, uh, when we won their, their tournament or whatever and, and had the residency because we were just doing like real, like we were kind of for Kanye West almost like just super confident. Like we had like drive by edits and like, um, <clears throat> just like real, like, just like, just, you know, hip hop stuff that we could think of. And then we worked with Drew Defonzo one time and he just said, Hey, let's just try it. What if these guys are like really happy? 
happy? What if it's like hip hop, like, and then that opened up this whole world that we've kind of now created where it's like they're, um, uh, you know, edutainment kind of guys who are trying to make the world a better place, uh, which I think you can, it's that same thing back of just like love people you're in the scene with. I think you can, yeah. you can get away with so much more if the audience thinks you're doing it for good reasons, you know, like if, if you, if they believe that you believe that it's the best thing to say in the moment, then it's like, I'll, I'll let you be a little mean if you, if you're doing it because you love this person so much. And so we try to create a world where we like love the world so much that when we get crazy, it's only because we just want the world to be a better place. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. No. And the reason I do it is just cause I, I mean, I love hip hop, but also like if I could be, my character I certainly would be you know like if I could just be like uh, just hang up Casey the happiest gangster in the <laughs> world is, is kind of who I wish I could be so uh, so I just like it for that reason yeah um, I uh, I told Nick this and I, I still stand by it I think that uh, you guys hosted Herald Night and you guys did a, a little Herald mm-hmm. I saw both of them mm-hmm. I think it was the first one but I remember thinking that is the best Herald I've ever seen <laughs> yeah and I don't know that Herald Night can even stand <laughs> up to what's about to happen uh, like I remember being a little bit disappointed that I had to watch the Herald yeah uh, yeah that was a lot of fun I get. heard you tell that to Nick and I always give him shit because he he didn't like doing that part. And I was like, oh, man, we got it. I was like, that's like... He didn't was, like doing the Herald? Well, no, because we did it one time, and he was like, we can't, we can't do it again. We already did it. I was like, the spe- specifics are going to be different. Like, the things yeah. we do... I was like, people love it. He's like, no, no, no. I was like, trust me, man. And so when you said that, I was, I, I was like, hey, yeah, did you hear it? What did he... Uh, <laughs> What do you like? Did he like it if we did that Herald? Oh, he did? Okay, yeah. Maybe we can just do that. Maybe we should do that more often. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just you know, uh, if you can't make fun of something, then why are you doing it? You yeah. Know? No, it was, yeah, that was, it was killer. Yeah, you're kind of fucking with it. It was super, and it was super, like, commenty <laughs> on just what Heralds are mm-hmm. and how bad it, but, like, not just, it was just committed enough for me to fucking love it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, God, it was great. Yep, thank you. Um, all right. Then, uh, I mean, Sergio commented and said that you had a really interesting childhood yeah, he, he he's just, also contributes to hip-hop penguin yeah uh is he just messing I think he's with just me? fucking with you yeah. right. my, my childhood is pretty pretty normal okay well again i just i keep on saying this but i don't like jokes being submitted as questions <laughs> i mean i could, I could come up with pod. something but no yeah, no no it's, it's fine sergio yeah, that's it's not cool man his fault. yeah damn it all right um john so john velvet yep. uh is your your herald team that you're on and mm-hmm. uh oh shit when did that get formed? I had it in my head, but I don't know when um, it was formed. We were originally formed, it would have been uh, two times ago. Yeah. Uh, I was a delicatessen, like and then they took... December 1. Yeah, they took some of us, and then they... Uh, so, yeah, December 1 sounds about right. Yeah. Um, uh, or 11. 11, right? yeah. December 11. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, and so then we did uh, 10 months of it, and then they uh, made changes and, and added uh, Gregor, and Dan Gregor, and, and Rene Goubet, and then that was in, I think, October. Is his last name pronounced Goubet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, now I've learned something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then we've been, uh, we've been rocking it ever since. Yeah. Um... Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Harold. You said you said right. you really do like the Harold. I'm, I do. I'm just curious uh, why. I love it. I think. <laughs> um, I mean, I I absolutely love it. Any t- anytime. I mean, I hope. I hope John Belby gets to do it for years and years at Herald Night. And I remember talking to the Sentimental Lady crew back when they were getting moved off, and I was like, oh, man, you guys are so excited to get in your own slot. And I remember all of them just being like, yeah, yeah, we are, but, man, I'm really going to miss the Herald. And uh, <laughs> I think it's just because, like, it's set up. I th- and I don't, I, th- I don't know. I, I think it's set up because it's 
uh, it's it, uh, what a sh- an audience wants. It's like it sets you up for a good show if you do it. It's like we have an opening, which I love openings. We we get on the same page. We we have the same shared information. We're all going to play with. We then do we then do scenes. We do a, uh, a group scene, which is about the time that we want a different kind of energy for the show, which is great. Then we start doing callbacks, which audiences love callbacks. In this case, it's second beats where like we expand the world and blow out the game in a different way. Then we do another group scene because it's about the time that the audience wants some group scene action again and then we start doing callbacks again and third beats that maybe then connect and then the audience thinks we had this master plan set up the entire time and so i think it's just like the formula for a good show like when i see montages that are somewhat even close to that formula where they start kind of having scenes call back after a group game and little things like that i'm like oh yeah that's why it's set up that way is because it works you know yeah uh, i understand the rigidity uh, the uh, the rigid structure of it uh, can be annoying um but i go back to the um when when we were on a break because they put new teams together they have different groups come in and, and perform uh, and I saw Shitty Jobs do a Herald <laughs> yeah. uh, that was unbelievable because it was like they were just constantly following the fun thing and then the cool thing was it, to me it's like a safety net uh, the structure of like once we once we you know, go uh, catapulting into the air. We all know we fall back at the same spot. We all know we fall back in, the, and I think that's what form is so good for teams. Is it's like a le- one thing we don't have to worry about. Everyone knows that when I edit this, we're going to go back to the second beat. Everyone right. knows we're going to go on to the group game or whatever. Um, and, and I always try to bring that into my herald yeah. of just like follow that fun, and then we all know where where we're going next because we've done it enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. I watched I watched that shitty Jobs herald too, and I took a, I took notes on it because mm-hmm. I was like, they can't do a herald. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I think I remember I, this isn't the same notebook, right. but uh, they had they yeah their first beats were four minutes long total yeah, totally, and I was just like, what you can't do this yeah uh, but yeah I think I think I think that was a uh, that was cool to kind of like not break the form but like hey man you can kind of do whatever with it yeah totally. and just I think like, people forget I think that's also part of why people don't start to dislike Harold is because like oh it's so strong I have to do this it's like. I don't know, man. You can do a lot in that in mm-hmm. those. What is it like? Uh, Eleven to however many scenes, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just like fall. It's that same idea. I thought I, I did the same thing. I remember watching them. There, they were through their first beats, and yeah, it was like four minutes into their show, and I was like, "What the fuck? This is going to be a seven-minute herald." Um, <laughs> exactly. But then they just just followed the fun in those second beats, and we're like surprising each other, surprising the audience, uh, and then always knowing when we edit, we know where we're going, we know yeah. what's happening next because we we know the form. Aside from that, like don't it's like don't let the, the form dictate your show. Use the form as uh, you know an advantage. It's yeah. like great, we can do anything we want, and then we know where everyone when we edit, everyone is on the same page as to what's coming next. Yeah, and that's what I like about it. That's interesting because I was about to. Uh, you totally reminded. I, I feel like I've lost inspiration for Harold a little bit, and that I was just thinking my my main thing with not liking Harold's these days mm-hmm. is I'll just get bored of second beats because mm-hmm. I'm kind of like ah, I already know what I'm doing. Yeah, I already. I feel. I feel a little too in control. Yeah, and, I used to. Uh, I used to always do second beats where I just kind of like recreated the math with different people. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like the audience, if they've taken classes, get it, and you get it, and it, uh, but it's just not that fun. But like what I've. Uh, with John Velvet in general and uh, what we've really been working on is just like expand the world of that you know so if it's like if this is a two person if this is one person who has this belief what's a, a city block that has this belief what's an office that has this belief what's a world that has this belief yeah. and then how can we follow the fun in that world in that game uh, uh, to then create new ideas and surprise each other and yeah, um, uh, and yeah I mean I just I, have, I wish more groups I coached work on the Herald because I love it uh, and, and I hope I get to do it for years and years yeah uh, 
Um, yeah, I think I think it's interesting how drastically different a scene will go if somebody else just initiates the, the two people who are in the first beat. Mm-hmm. If somebody else just from the backline, whoever initiates that the second beat of that, mm-hmm. I think it's so. I think it's interesting just to watch. Because, like, it's totally loud, and people do it, and there's, it doesn't happen enough. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, I'll stand by that. But, like, yeah, people, the two people whose, like, thing it was, you'll see them go, like, oh, shit, yeah. here it goes again. And it just feels very, like, fresh instantly. Yeah. I, I love, just I love that Just shared involvement of the, yeah, because it's, you know, it's everyone's scene. It's not just those people's scene. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that. Um, and then Dr. Dr. Friendship, guy who has to question oh, you, don't, nice. you don't know who dr friendship no, is i thought i was like what is that a group i was in <laughs> yeah no like, uh, dr friendship asked uh how did how did john velvet get such great chemistry i haven't been to a john velvet show in a while i'll mm-hmm. be honest but uh but i've actually i've well, heard that great. a few times yeah no i actually <laughs> no uh who's it jacob reed i talked to him yeah. uh, and he was saying yeah they, they, john velvet's been killing it lately and i'm like yeah. really I, I, all yeah. right that's cool yeah uh so yeah, i understand the chemistry's going so what, what happened <laughs> Um, well, it is, it's the best team I've ever been on. Um, and I've been on, uh, maybe some teams that had more talent. I don't know, but I've never been on a team that's this talented that practices. Um, uh, absolutely anyone can, can just crush a scene. Um, and, and it's so fun. And, and so, uh, and when we work and when everyone's at practice, uh, you know, our shows have been, have been really fun recently. Um, I think, uh, I, I remember, seeing almost everyone like when i first like saw them you know like uh like nick i met in a um in a walsh class um an advanced class and he was like uh he would just just fail spectacularly which was like such a it was like it was a thing that was so that sounds like nick i love it yeah it was just like something that to me i didn't have that confidence like jacob was a little bit of the same way where like they're certainly funny guys and they had some funny scenes but they were at, they were at a willingness to just go anywhere on the scene and and then afterwards the teacher would be like why'd you do that and they'd be like i don't know and to me i just i did not have that i did not have that confidence or ability i, I don't know man i'm sorry um and and then That's once great. and then once they you know uh, as we all did once we started figuring out game more and, and playing more then it's like wow now they have that same confidence and they have the ability to to know why they're doing things and, and, and play game and um uh, you know, sis, I remember seeing her on uh, an all-girl team that she had that just used to do indie shows, and uh, she was just absolutely phenomenal. And um, <clears throat> Mary was on a, a team that I remember, and you just, you know, you couldn't not watch her and uh, and just her energy. And um, and so every, it's yeah. kind of like this was the one team, I guess, aside from Gregor, who who I took a Ian Roberts class with, and I'm just kind of known from watching uh comedy videos and being a little bit of a nerd um uh this is kind of like everyone on the team is i've asked to be on teams with me like indie teams um uh so it it is kind of a little bit like me and my friends uh feel to it which i think helps our uh helps our like team camaraderie and and whatnot um uh, but i think like the reason yeah our shows have been so much fun is because we're we're having a lot of fun you know it's like it's one of those shows where I always feel weird uh, at the end of we do a herald of like bowing because it's kind of like I get if I did stand up or if I did sketch I've been working on this stuff and like I you know I, I put a lot of time in this but like when we do a John Velvet show it's kind of like um, I just did what I thought would be fun for like 25 minutes uh, and now I feel weird about you guys like thanking us for you know like <laughs> it is a little weird of just like oh no hey thank you guys for letting us do that um, uh, and and it's fun because yeah we're just we're at a point right now where we really like each other we've had some pretty good shows we like surprising each other um, and I think 
uh, you know, if there's, uh, if we're, if we're all at practice and, and, uh, uh, every week, then, uh, we get, we get really good. Um, but I do think anytime, and this goes back a little bit to those, uh, practice groups, I think anytime you're even missing one person from your team at a practice, it's kind of like a half practice. Yeah. Um, because you can't, you can't really all get everything unless everyone's there. We can't all learn, oh, that new move that you did. Okay, cool. Now we're all on board with it. Um, and uh, just because of schedules, it's, it's, it's not, we're pretty good about it. Uh, but I think that's the only, the only flaw of our team is everyone's pretty busy. So every once in a while we're missing one or two people. But uh, if we get two or three practices in a row, uh, our shows are, are super fun. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm gonna have to. I, <laughs> have to I really, come out. Seriously, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to come out. I, I don't. Harold Knight's whatever. Uh, I no, I really, I love Harold Knight right yeah. now. Uh, I just, I don't go as much as I used to. I don't go to shows at UCB a lot. I try yeah. to go to a lot of indie shows, indie shows and jam. I get. It. Like, I will I'm say, a... <laughs> I will say that um, from from since I've been around to now, the the Harold teams they have put together are pretty fucking good. Like, um, you, I, I love Harold Knight right if now. You go, it's, it's if great. you go see a couple shows, you're going to see a couple good shows. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think they're starting to figure it out. And I'll take... I'll, t- I'll let Indie Improv take a lot of the credit for that and that I think they have a lot bigger pool to pull from as who people perform with, who's yeah. uh, who's performing, watching people do shows. Uh, I feel like it must have been such a crapshoot of just like what people do in classes and that's it. We have to put these teams together. Whereas now you can watch people do shows seven nights a week and, and, and teachers are doing them and people that are in that room are doing those same shows. So they see stuff and they like, and they even see lineups. And, um, and I think it gives a lot of people a ton more stage time probably than there used to be. So I think that's an added benefit and I'll, uh, I'll let Indy Improv take the credit for the UCB Herald teams being so good. That's good. <laughs> well, thank you for making that great. Um, all right. So then I want to talk about this briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote I wrote an article about you, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't say anything I was going to do that. Yeah. So one, I apologize because that's no, weird. No, not at all. Uh, but two, like that night, I, there was I wrote this article for the USS Rock and Roll mm-hmm. blog, and they and it was it was a night at the Longheart Improv Jam, and there was a dude basically who was like trying to steamroll everybody <laughs> right. and trying to do stand up comedy. Yeah, and he he was in like ninety scenes, and. Um, and you did this thing where uh, one of my friends actually initiated, Laura, she initiated a scene about like a tattoo parlor. And then this, I think if I remember right, this dude immediately tagged in and was like, started like lecturing her and kind of like yelling at her. Yeah. And then like somebody else tagged in and like did this other weird thing as if they were following it. Like this, it was a bad, I, I would say that dude was a bad, made a bad move. Right. And then somebody else like followed it. Sure. And then you tagged in and you said, uh, hey. Don't worry. This is the second tattoo parlor or <laughs> right. something like that. Uh, yeah. And I remember, and I and I wrote it in the article, and I, and I and I still stand by it. I think that's probably the most noble improv move <laughs> I have ever seen. Um, and we talked a little bit about it before yeah. in the in the jamming, but uh, yeah, man. Wow. I, I think it comes back. I think it does come back to the exact same thing we talked about the jam. It's just like she didn't get her, she didn't she wasn't able to get her idea out yet. So I just was like, I can't really do anything with this scene until I know what her idea is. So it's like, all right, let's just fix that problem. Let's get your idea out. You know, yeah. like there can always we can always restart a scene. We can always uh, just be like, okay, uh, so yeah, thanks for coming for a second opinion. Let's get down to what you wanted to do. Yeah. Um. And, and I think it's, yeah. I mean, I think I think yeah. It was it was a it was a interesting jam. Uh, but it was crazy. I wish I had video recorded. I didn't have <laughs> I didn't have the presence of mind to go like I need to film this. Yeah. Because this is the most. 
epic thing I have ever seen. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think to that guy's, I guess not credit, but I think he was he just didn't know what to do. No, I, yeah, I don't I don't really um, blame him for. In the article, I kind of painted it very black and white to, <laughs> yeah. to, to simplify. But yeah, uh, I think I, well, I think I call him a fucking douchebag actually. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but, but, all all stories need heroes and villains. Yeah, um, take it. But uh, but yeah, that was that, that was, and I, I think that's. Uh, I think, like, I wrote that because I think it was. I think that's something that's important and that maybe isn't done enough, mm-hmm. just ever in improv. Is just like really respecting people's ideas, at even even in the face of to me what is really like a villain of somebody who's like, <laughs> right. I'm going to destroy your idea. Yeah, uh, and uh, and yeah, I just want to say, man, good work. Thanks, man. Keep, yeah, keep it going. Yeah, it just goes back to listening and like just. Again, it's that idea of let's. I feel like the I, like another note I give a bunch is coyness. I hate coyness in improv because it's like to me the fun part of improv isn't guessing what your idea is. The fun part of improv is either having the most fun with your idea we all can as a team, or finding an idea organically together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that same kind of idea of like she clearly had an idea, uh, and I wanted to know what it was so we could have fun with it. Yeah, pretty simple. Ugh. Love it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about Warner Hot Dog. Right. Uh, you guys, you guys, was this your first show? That no, was our first used to be show. Yeah, right. Yeah, you did your first show. It used to be last night, and mm-hmm. that's going to be probably about a week ago when this goes up. Nice. Um, uh, so I, I don't know what the documentary form is. I know mm-hmm. Billy uh, is credited with inventing it. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what? What are you guys actually good. doing? Um, well, we've been working for a couple months uh, with James Eason, uh, who's a great, uh, great director, oh, okay. uh, and it's been fun to. Because uh, of my only other practice group that I have, we usually meet, you know, for a long time and sometimes twice a week is my Herald team. But so this has been fun to kind of do a new form and to work on uh, not we talk about game, but not so much. It's more just like theatrical notes and, and scene picture notes and stuff that I, I usually don't think about that I love. Uh, he gave a, a real good we did a character baseball, which is an exercise that I should really do with more groups, actually. But it was the one thing I took from it was this idea that. Uh, to create a character, which is something I usually don't do, certainly don't do enough of, um, is you, you can either you can either have a stance, you can either have a voice, or you can have some kind of repetitive movement. You know, checking your watch. So, you know, the other one we probably see is like the coked up executive kind of running around kind of thing. Uh, but just stuff like that that I, I that's improv notes that I don't get enough of that I've been loving working with this group. Uh, but basically, we're still trying to figure it out. We uh, the couple the guys who started at Josh Simpson and Clay Larson they took Billy's documentary class a while okay. ago, um, and they took some elements from that. But then we're also kind of basically we we just watch documentaries and then say, hey, I saw this one and they did this thing. How could we do that on stage? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying to keep it separate from what Rough Cut does, and we're not trying to get too into the movie form but we're still trying to find ways to do some stuff like that how could you do a, a michael moore uh comedic montage how could you do uh a um uh you know a history of uh some world war where it's like photographs that you know uh, over voiceover and how could you just like do these things we're just trying to find it and i think um uh we're our scene work is there. I think we have fun enough scenes, and I think we're still working on getting more and more documentary elements into it. Um, uh, but I think it's 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 close, and it and it's a real fun group, and it's 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 been really fun to do. Um, uh, but ultimately, we're gonna we won't, I think we'll get to a place where it'll feel like you're watching a doc, uh, and and then it just happens to be hilarious stuff in in the yeah. middle. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just kind of like it's it, it's it's good for what I like to do, which is like some patient stuff and some realer stuff, and taking our time with scenes and um, and it's been super fun. Yeah, it was interesting. I think I, I think I saw you, you guys did the Crash Bar show, mm-hmm. uh, and I saw that one as well. But I yeah, I remember feeling like uh, it's like oh cool. 
I, I don't necessarily know that I understand the form by mm-hmm. watching it, but I remember feeling like, uh, and even last night is like it's very it's very a thematic show, mm-hmm. uh, and it's plotty isn't the right word, but it's it can it does feel very in a single world. Yep. Yeah, we is, definitely early on wanted wanted to figure out usually by like the second or third. Uh, interview, uh, like, what is this doc about? Is yeah. it about a person? Is it about an event? Is it about a thing? Yeah. Uh, and then let's see different worlds of that. And, and and you can watch enough documentaries where not all of them have a very clear storyline. They usually just kind of like trick a storyline. That's kind of what we're working on too. It's just that idea of making it making you feel like there's a storyline there without actually having one. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well. Good luck with it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was worried doing it because I was like, okay, I'm going to go on this podcast. He said he's going to go to the show the night before. Now I'm going to have to justify every move that we do in the show. <laughs> All right. I could, I could be, I could get like mean. No, uh, no. Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, you can, like, I still, I think you can, I think you can see it's a developing form, but mm-hmm. it, it's not, not, not like in a bad way. You're just like, all right, these guys are, these guys are funny, but this is going to grow into something cooler eventually. Yeah, yeah we're definitely uh, trying. Hopefully, like, like most improv, I Yeah, think. totally. Um, all right, so let's, uh, we're getting close to the end here. Let's talk okay. about the LA uh, Indie Improv Festival. Thank you, great. Thank you. Great. Fuck. That's all I wanted to talk about. Cut out the other 57 (laughs) minutes, you son of a bitch. Um, So, so what's, what, I mean, what is it? I don't even. Uh, So, great. On uh, May 26th, which is a Saturday, (laughs) uh, I just want to make sure I get the dates right. Uh, From noon to uh, midnight, we're going to have three theaters uh, the Elephant Studio, the Oh My Ribs, I believe it's called, and the Little Modern. Uh, uh, They're all a couple blocks away from each other, and they're going to have improv shows from noon to midnight straight. all different indie improv groups. Um, uh, we're super excited about it. It's kind of, uh, we started it uh, as uh, Crash Bar, Room 101, uh, uh, a TNT, and 11th Hour Conglomerate. Hopefully we'll be able to expand it more as it gets more successful so we can involve more and more indie teams. Um, but it's kind of, uh, Nick Mandernock deserves the credit for making sure it happened. Um, and uh, and we're just, uh, it's a big, a big thing for us is just to, um, encourage people that no matter what, if you consider yourself an improviser and if you're working to get better and if you're doing improv, uh, then you are an improviser. And uh, anything we can do to foster that uh, community, uh, we're going to try to do. And I think this this show uh, has elements to to build and become bigger and more fun each year. But uh, for this first year, we're just going to get a couple, you know, maybe a hundred to one hundred and fifty teams performing uh, over over twelve hours in three stages. Um, and uh, and I think it's going to be a blast. Nice. We're also uh, a secret that I can I, uh, break news on your podcast. What is happening? We're gonna um, the the Friday before that Friday, May eighteenth. Okay. Uh, we are going to bring back the drug cage match that was uh, considered too much fun to do at UCB anymore. Uh, so we're going to we're going to do that as a as a fundraiser for this event uh, in downtown. Uh, at the, I think it's called the Loft Ensemble. Uh, oh, but yeah. we're going to have uh, uh, four teams of people on different uh, substances. Some of your favorite improvisers uh, doing the best they can to improvise, uh, oh, and that's going to be a, a blast as well. So look out for for either of those. That's shows. great, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you for breaking the news. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So excited. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I don't know. Is there? I don't know. Is there anything? I'm trying to think if there's anything else that you guys are going to be doing during that's not improper, like just trying to 
because uh, I, 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 I like what you said. It's like you're an improviser. You want to do it, whatever. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if there's just anything else going on during that that uh, anybody might want to know about. If uh, not, that's fine. Yeah, we're starting to... We're 36 start- hours of improv across three stages right. is great. Yeah, we're starting to pretty bare bones for this first year just to see. Uh, and the interest, it seems like, in, in team submitting has been great. Yeah. Uh, but we... Because we all also run our own shows, we didn't want to put too much extra work. So we're trying to get food trucks. We're trying to, uh, you know, get some get some press and do a little bit of things for it. But for the most part, it's really going to just be uh, a chance for the LA Indian Proud community to get together, to do shows, to support each other, and and then just to show how many of there are. I mean, there's so many of us. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think it's just going to be a fun, just a fun Saturday. Uh, and then as it goes on, it, it'll become a bigger or smaller deal. But um, uh, for this first year, it's really just going to be all about getting up a bunch of teams and having fun. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right. So we have a call in question feature. Oh, nice. And this is relates to the, uh, yeah, uh, this is a, a question for Casey. Faye. Somebody's doing a character. Uh, hey, Casey. Uh, Yo, man, you, you, if you smoke weed, you find that weed impairs your ability to do improv? All right, thanks. Later. Oh, man, I wish I knew who that was. Um, I have the phone number if you want it. <laughs> That's all right. Just call him up later. Um, I, I, when I started, I remember, I started out, I used to smoke weed when I did improv, only because I was scared, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it didn't really help. It, it hurt. If I was tired, it was bad. Um, if because I would just kind of like not commit and stuff. Uh, the I did we recently did a, a show where a bunch of us got high for 420 and performed, yeah, uh, and it was super, it was super fun uh, because it uh, uh, just stuff surprised me. I thought it was cool, but I would definitely wouldn't recommend it uh, for actual. Uh, there's been oh, there's been a couple times where I've gone to practices high just to see what it's like, and it usually doesn't help. It's like my listening's worse, my my uh, recollections worse. Um, uh, so I usually save it for after, or now I own, I guess I always save it for after, uh, after shows and practices. There you go. That's good <laughs> advice. So get the important information out there to the kids. So that person with a very serious question, yeah. uh, will now know. Yeah. I tried to take it as serious as I could. Um, all right. So, all right. This is, we're pretty much at the end. Let's, cool. uh, let's go to pearls of wisdom. All right. Note or feedback you received doing improv that really had an effect on your improv something that stuck with you or you're like oh i understand this thing now um uh, shit i remember uh there's a there's a bunch of stuff i uh like the things that i always push are um yeah love the person you're in a scene with hey man not what you're pushing. Oh, really? What, what you, someone what, said to me? What you got? Come on. I mean, I think everything I push is from someone telling it to all me. Right, all right, fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I got a ton out of the uh, Ian Roberts' eight-week class. Um, uh, just so many things. There's, yeah, you know, uh, Neil, uh, I put a group together. We'd, we'd work with him once a month, Neil Campbell, and he had a cool thing about game uh, for me about um, a, a good initiation is uh, breaking an expectation and game is is in essence uh, breaking an expectation and, and he was like sometimes when initiations don't work it's because we only have the unusual part and we don't uh, have the expectation in the front of it so it's that idea of like if you say uh, you know he does the example of like alright five, four, three, two, one. you might expect to say like happy new year or um, you know whatever uh, it's your birthday uh, but if you go five, four, three, two, one. we're getting a divorce uh, then that's a good initiation because you have your expectation and you're breaking it as well yeah so that's definitely something that i I remember i like it Mm -hmm. that's cool um all right well there we go we did it nice that was fun anything else you want to plug or share 
Um, I think I talked enough, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, preserve your voice. <laughs> uh, no, I think you know the one thing I think that I I think again that has helped me, uh, and I think everyone, and it kind of goes back to that LA Indie Fest too, is just that idea of I think um, out in LA and in comedy in general, like you have to uh, you have to treat it seriously before anyone else will. That idea of like you kind of have to treat your, yourself like a professional for years before anyone else will. Um, and it's, I think it comes from like the, the sketch groups I'm in and, and the early uh, uh, improv teams I started. It was like if you if you if you treat it like a real thing, uh, then eventually it might become one. But if you never do, then it's never going to become one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I still write with Dave Tooney probably twice a week now, um, and there's no nothing in our future that says we're going to make any money off what we're doing. Uh, but if we just keep doing it and we treat it like it's a job, then one day it might turn into a job, hopefully. So I think you can do that with your improv groups. You can do that with your sketch groups. You can do that with, with everything. If you if you take it seriously and you treat it like it means something, then eventually it probably will. Yeah. That's my last word of wisdom. I like it. Cool. All right. Thanks, Casey, man. Thank that you. That was fun. Thanks for doing that. Oh, thank you. There that was. Pretty good episode, in my opinion. You can find Casey Fay hosting Crash Bar Improv Sundays at 8 p.m. and on his Herald team, John Velvet, who, by the way, I ended up seeing them in between recording the show and now when I'm recording the outro, uh, and they're damn funny. Uh, he's, he was totally right. Everybody on that team can totally carry a scene on their own, and they're all super supportive. Uh, check them out. They're great. Uh, last but not least, I took a little hiatus from recording for a little while to be the co-producer of the Midnight Show's new album, Wow, What Do You Know?, that's right, The Midnight Show. A ton of great comedians got together, and they made a sketch comedy album. I helped to do this thing, and I'll tell you, I was dying when we were recording it. Uh, I ruined multiple takes just by laughing. Uh, you should check it out. It's on iTunes and Amazon.com, uh, and that is The Midnight Show's new sketch comedy album. Wow, what do you know? Uh, all right. Did I admit, wait, is that not clear? The, the album is called Wow, comma, what do you know by The Midnight Show. Wow, what do you know? All right, until next time, uh, happy improvising, guys. Happy improvising. Hi! I'm Chad Westbrook. And I'm Nicholas Wagoner. And are you a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race? You should be. You very much should be. Come listen and subscribe to our podcast, How Is She Though? Where we recap every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Come and get your daily dose of vitamin gay, honey. Oh, cr- oh, cr- <laughs>